You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we focus on the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. My name is Phil, and on this week, I have guest co-host, Pastor Jimmy State. And how's it going, Jimmy? It's going good for me. How good. about yourself? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. You have good. a good week this week? Yeah, I did. Got to spend some time with family. So I had all my yeah. boys, all three yeah. boys at the home. That was great. Yeah, when we're recording this, just after Memorial uh, Weekend, and I did a lot of working, and uh, had my first run-in with the locusts, and... Uh, a big old swarm, and <laughs> but we got to go to the zoo on Sunday, so we had a good week as good, well. Good, good. Um, so Jimmy was on here about a year ago, just over a year ago, to talk about a topic that we're going to talk about uh, today, which is spiritual warfare. But I hope we get to go a little bit even deeper because when you were on here the fir- the first time, it was pretty much base level stuff, and it's a right. there's a lot of deep stuff in spiritual warfare. You know, some even controversial stuff, I would say. And, and just yeah. believers in general, you know, churches could be fairly divided on what they even think of spiritual warfare. So you have pastors <laughs> and churches that might not even go in some of these areas, but the Bible talks a lot about spiritual warfare. It does. So Jimmy, can you tell us again, what is spiritual warfare? Well, just in the basic, uh, just basic equation, spiritual warfare is when we, since we live with Christ and Christ is in us. We're battling against the dark side, if you want to use a Star Wars analogy. Yeah. It is kind of against the, the dark side, which is Satan yeah. and the, the, the fallen demons. They battle in, they battle um, believers and try to extinguish that, that light that, that's inside of them. And they'll do anything and everything they can to keep us from being all that God, Christ, wants us to be. Now, do you think spiritual warfare is a controversial topic in the church? Oh, I think so it is. I think it's uh, controversial in our denomination and yeah. lots of denominations. I think it is in the whole Christian world. You have one side that's, it looks like everything is demonic around every tree and under every bush. And you got another side, it's like it never exists. And then mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle, you got most people and they still don't quite know what they even believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we were talking about spiritual warfare the first time, we were talking about this idea of, of kind of combating it and praying about it and just the certain little things here but there are certain words that I think get used with spiritual warfare that are that they are in themselves scare people mm-hmm. and maybe that's because of movies or whatever else um, it might be but those two words are oppression and possession yeah. do you think believers shy away from even looking into those two things I do. I, I think warfare. they, I think a lot that the ones that I've talked to, uh, just being a pastor with a lot of people and, and also conversing with my peers, mm-hmm. other pastors, um, oppression is the easier one to talk about because it is the one where Satan is always on you, around you, suppressing you, attacking you. Uh, the demons are uh, putting stumbling blocks in front of you and trying to hindrance you in your ministry, or your life for Christ or just even in your marriage or whatever it may be and people say oh those are you know like those are like uh, spiritual warfare attacks um possession that's another one mm-hmm. that's one where we really struggle and all of a sudden we start thinking about the movies uh we start thinking about uh well we start questioning ourselves so i really believe in that and it's kind of funny that if you look in the five first five chapters of the book of mark you'll see that wow there is so much demonic possession mm-hmm. um, we'll believe it from a distance but when it gets up close to us we get real nervous now when you when you are talking about the first five chapters of 
of Mark and, and when Jesus and the disciples and all of them were casting out demons and there's so much there's so much you know evil that's at work in those in those chapters and throughout most of the gospels you see it but um, do you think it's easy for Christians to say that those things were sickness you know Jesus was healing a person with seizures mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying because I've heard that so many times from believers that mm-hmm. oh you know that wasn't demonic that was epilepsy or something yeah yeah i've heard that a lot um it's easier to say it's easy to say that it's mental it's medical let's push it aside so we don't have to deal with it Mm -hmm. and we don't have to talk about it and i feel better in my world now but scripture is very very detailed on much of the demonic much of it so let me ask you a deeper question jimmy yeah have you seen oppression and possession here in Huntington I've seen a lot of oppression for sure mm-hmm. those oppression things can typically be just that people can't get out of their own scenarios because they're stuck in the uh, obviously a lot of people are stuck in their own uh, habits they're stuck into addictions those things where demonic will use anything evil and dark and sinful to suppress our lives just keep us down keep us honest keep hitting us enough not what we're I would say just to keep probably hitting us enough to know that all we do is worry about the sore spot or all we do is worry about just keep getting hit. We can't even live life. Mm-hmm. And that oppression can come in so many different ways. And it can come in mentally. It can come in physically. Um, I think that's a big one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, possession, yeah, I've seen that too. Um, you're going to see oppression a lot more, mm-hmm. but there's going to be times when you see possession for sure. Um, and I have. Yeah, and, and I as well. Right. Um, and, I, and when I say that, I think because the church and Christians and believers have shied away from from even thinking that spiritual warfare is even an option, that it's got to be, you know, some either just sin or mental state or whatever it might be. Um, do you think that there's more spiritual warfare going on than than what the average believer thinks. Oh, I'm, I know that. Okay. <laughs> Just by scripture. But yeah, uh, even when we're sharing, sharing the gospel, the Bible says that the, the, the God of this age, the darkness, Satan has blinded the, the minds mm-hmm. of those uh, that are lost. So they don't hear the gospel. But I truly believe um, there's a lot more going on than what we can see. I don't wake up every day and turn around and say, oh, what demons are we going to fight today? And no, that's not the right way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're working, you know, when you're serving God, sometimes you just can't help but to run into it. I don't go chasing it, but I need to deal with it when it's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I need to deal with it when it's around me and definitely when it's in the church. As a pastor, shepherd of the church, you got to take care of the sheep, got to take care of the past, uh, the, 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 whole, the whole team, the whole family. What are... What are the dangers of thinking something is just mental and it's not spiritual warfare when it actually is spiritual warfare then? I think it just makes us un I think it just makes us not spiritually in tune of what's going on around us. Mm. We just put everything off into the flesh. Everything's in the physical world. When I always say I always believe that there's more going on in the in the spiritual world than what we what we even know. And I believe that there's even more going on in the spiritual world than what's going on in the physical world because it's been around a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I fully agree. 
I think we don't understand the vast of how big the spiritual realm is. And the Bible talks about it Mm -hmm. pretty clearly, I think, um, both in the Old and the New Testament, just how how many angels and, and, and demons are are among us every single day of our life yeah. and and they're not just battling themselves we're part of that battle um, we we get the effects of the battle if that makes any sense you know yeah. we feel you know when a when a demonic presence is is a you know in the family the family feels it when a demonic presence is in the church the church feels it um, and I think the danger of thinking that everything is in the flesh or it's it's just a mental state, even though there are those things, I mean, I do believe there are those things, is that going about fixing them, two different things. You can't fix demonic oppression or possession or spiritual warfare with a pill or with, you know, some sort of whatever. It only comes through Jesus Christ, and we'll talk more about that. And I agree with that. I do. I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, when the, the, the person that struggles with it the most in a church is the pastor. I think there's so many pastors out there, and I think maybe even more so than, than there, that I've seen in a long time, struggling with spiritual warfare and not for sure how to get out of it. Yeah. Or they don't see it. Or they don't see it, yeah. They think it's, think it's all about numbers. Mm-hmm. I say say that, but it's all about numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we've we've talked about it, um, you know, in our in our church here. And I, I I bet you there's other pastors that have have thought this same thing. Is do you think Satan has the power to block lost people from coming into your church, from coming into your life, to to hear the good news, to hear the gospel? Um, do you think Satan has power at all? Because I think there's a lot of believers that think. Um, that really Satan has no power over them or can't manipulate a church or, you know, work his way in? Well, I think he does. Um, I think he's uh, he's been around a long time, and he knows how to play the cards. Mm-hmm. He knows, of course, he's not stronger than God. He's not, you know, not, you know, he's still, he's still a fallen angel. That's what he is. He's a demon. But when we really look at it, he, he knows people. And been around it for a long time, all the way in the garden when he was doing that, you know, that, that temptation there with Eve. He was definitely doing his work. That's what he's done. He's been working against people all this time to get them to do uh, simple things before God. Um, but I, I do believe that he is definitely strong. Um, you have to be careful not to get a fear, um, the spirit of fear. I should say, had that once. Spirit of fear will totally annihilate you, diminish mm. you, take control of, of you. I had that for about two or three weeks. Spirit of fear is uh, anybody that says, oh, I can never get that, I would never get that, believe me. Um, when it comes upon you, um, and it is demonic and, and, and all that, that comes with it. It comes with um, there's so many hits that you can't even, you're looking at where the one hit came, and next thing you know, you get hit behind you. you get. Hit. I mean, it's just like a total beatdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to, pastor a church and uh, you're barely keeping things together everybody else sees you with a smile on your face you can put that on there you can play that out but in the end it takes it takes a lot out of you mm-hmm. it really does you know when I think about spiritual warfare my mind goes straight to Job and I think it's a scary place to be to, to think that you know 
because I'm a believer and there's so much power in that. There's more power than I believe that Satan has, but because mm-hmm. I'm a believer that I'm indestructible. The, right. the, the devil can't penetrate me when mm-hmm. we see God allow Satan to penetrate Job's life. Right. You know, he had sti- he had guidelines, stipulations that he had to, mm-hmm. you know, adhere to because everyone adheres to God, even even right. Satan. But his whole life was flipped upside down, and it wasn't God; it was Satan. Right? Satan flipped his life upside down. Yeah, and it uh, and it wasn't Job. It happened to Job, and not because he did bad things; it was because he was doing the right thing. Yeah. And God said, "There's no, you know, you consider my man Job." He's a righteous man. He is the righteous. You know, he's, he's the one living, trying to live righteous on the world. And that was definitely who Satan wanted to attack. So do you think that every believer is, let's say, have a big, you know, target painted on their back <laughs> when they become a believer? I think somehow, I mean, I can't prove this. I mean, but I think that the spiritual side, angels, demons know who believers are and who, who isn't a believer. I don't know how they know, but they know. And I believe every Christian is a target. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that when, you know, if we know, you know, Ephesians chapter 6, which says we don't wrestle against flesh or blood, you know, but the darkness, you know, mm-hmm. those things, I think most people, you know, have heard that verse or right. or been taught it, whatever it might be. But, but then you hear the Bible talk about us being prepared and being watchful and being being strong and courageous. And if we didn't have to be those things, you know, because our battle isn't against flesh and blood. We're not. Our battle is not to be strong against men, or mm-hmm. you know, fight. It's to be strong against the evil one, right. the the darkness. Um, and I think that's where you're talking about that spirit of fear. You know, mm-hmm. the word of God even gives us something to combat that. You know, that we don't. They're not given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and in a sound right. mind. We have those three things to combat the spirit mm-hmm. of fear, because the devil's going to come in and try to give you. The spirit of fear. So those, I think, are very important things to know. But I think here is an important question because if somebody is battling with spiritual warfare and they Mm -hmm. don't know if it is, you know, I think think there can be a fine line between a fleshly battle and a spiritual battle. Um, So what do some, what does spiritual warfare attacks look like compared to maybe like a normal attack? Well, I think the spiritual warfare attacks is something that sometimes people go through them and don't even realize they're going through one. I don't think Job knew he was going through one. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did in the beginning. I don't think he knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hits just kept on coming. I mean, they just didn't stop. I think that's one sign right there when the hits just keep coming and they come from all different directions. But there's something that we have that he didn't have at that time. Mm-hmm. And we have the Holy Spirit. So I think there's then that spiritual gift of discernment. So I think, I mean, in my opinion, at least for me, I think uh, every pastor should pray that God would just heighten that spiritual gift of discernment, to ask for the spiritual gift of discernment. So before we um, move on with that, can you tell us what the spiritual gift I of just, discernment is? It's just knowing if it's it's of a God or it's not, if it's a lie, if it's truth, if it's if it's a demonic, it's mm-hmm. or if it's not. And, you know, sometimes what, you know, to find out if it, you know, how is it, you know, what is, what are the signs, you know, one of the things is, is if it's in the church, I know who has the spiritual gift of discernment and I'll ask them certain things, you know, like, Mm -hmm. hey, what do you think about, I won't ask them directly sometimes, I'm just kind of fishing, what do you think about 
service today? Did you see or hear anything different? What did you think about uh, the worship today? Was there something in that, any of those songs that kind of came out to you that was not, that was good or not right? So I throw an open-ended question, and when they come back with me with something that's very defined, and it's the same thing that I'm talking, I'm thinking, or what I'm, what I'm feeling, what I've seen, it's, it's, it can be a really confirmation for me. It's a part of a confirmation piece. So that's one thing I'm looking for others with the spiritual gift of discernment, not telling them what I've seen or heard and know or why I think it's spiritual, spiritual warfare. But I just ask them, kind of an open-ended question. And I uh, also think that um, just praying on a regular, just praying through that moment, you know, just just praying, you know, like I'm sitting here talking to you, listening to you. I can also be praying at the same time. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking to someone, like someone would come in and say, I think I got a spirit in me. I had that happen before. Oh, okay, just because they say they have a spirit in them doesn't mean that they have this evil spirit in them. Um, one of the one of the persons that did come to me, um, I knew they were just more of a mental state. Did, did some background research on them, their family, stuck around them a little bit. Went, they went through a little bit of counseling, kept falling back, and there was just some mental things that just basically, it's just the way they've been, and it mm-hmm. just isn't, yeah. But there's been other ones that, you know, like I got, you know, there's one woman that said my mother put a spirit and prayed to evil spirit into me and yeah that just went down a pretty dark road mm-hmm. and that was legit yeah so what if a pastor has never dealt with certain situations like you're talking about right there mm-hmm. with someone coming in saying that they they feel you know possession that they feel like they have an evil spirit inside them what does a pastor do if I think if he I doesn't even feel, know what to do yeah I feel sometimes I think that they think they, they're going crazy mm-hmm Especially if it, and this is good, this is the part where you were talking about earlier when we first started that some people's not going to believe certain things, but even with the manifestation, that means seeing some type of image, uh, seeing something, uh, you can you know levitate, um, demonic voices coming out, uh, just all kinds of different things. I think that if a pastor experienced that, they can think that they're going crazy. Um, once they figure out that they're they're not. Um, they have a hard time bringing it up to other their pastor peers because they want to, their peers to think they're crazy. Um, it took me a while to share a few things with a few people because some people think that you are crazy. I mm-hmm. had a couple said, oh, here comes the, the holy roller because I shared one instance. So I did not share any more with that small group. I was, wasn't, wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a pastor needs to find someone if they can um, to contact and say, hey, I got some questions. And you just got to try to find that person that you trust, that pastor that you trust, and try to find that, that ground that is solid, not way on the right, way on the left, but right there somewhere in that middle, that solid ground. Because you can find those guys that think that everything is demonic. And you can find those guys that, oh, no, um, just not there's no, no no it's not demonic that stuff happened back in the book of acts mm-hmm. and that was it the gospels that was it jesus took care of all that well when you run into pastors that's dealing with it it's hard to tell them that so it's hard to find that trust trust is a hard thing and finding people that will 
willing to talk about it openly mm. and like say I don't have all the answers like myself I don't have all the answers a lot of my stuff's been through trial and error and trial and error and with some uh, confidence in some others that have spoken into my life and I let them speak into my life and I listened and there were a few things I'm like eh, you know I'm going to let that marinate in my mind a little bit I'm not going to grab it all the way but uh, I think a pastor needs not to sit on it um you know, a lot of times the congregation will take on the personality of the pastor. So a lot of times if the pastor doesn't believe in any of that, a lot of times the church will not because mm-hmm. of the, his teachings and preachings will be in that direction and vice versa on the other side. Mm-hmm. And you got everybody trying to cast out demons and everybody or whatever. But, um, but it's like when a pastor is struggling with this, it will affect him personally and professionally and the attacks always seem to be, it always seems to be heading at one of two places, one in the home or one in the church. Now, do you think, maybe you don't know this answer, do you think Satan goes after the pastor or the, the man of the house more than, than anything? I think so, because I do believe this, Phil. I believe um, that this, like I said, I, I believe that the church takes on that personality but also takes believe it can take on some of this of that spiritual strength of the pastor as well um so if the pastor is going if the pastor is going through it the church is kind of going through it as well even though they may not know it mm-hmm. so i think from for the pastors i think for the men of the home yeah but it can go in other directions as well i've seen it go through ch- through, through children and teens and mm-hmm. and females and grandmas and yeah yeah so you know when it comes to attacks and we're talking a lot about pastors i think maybe because mm-hmm. both of us right are pastors and, and mm-hmm. i do think that there, like you were saying there's many pastors out there i think that are going through it that are afraid to talk about it mm-hmm. that are having dreams yeah um i think that's another attack that satan uses a lot and we can easily write it off as a you know there's a big difference between mm-hmm. a demonic dream and a nightmare you know you watch something on tv or whatever you watch a scary movie and that's what you end Mm -hmm. up if that's what you dreamed about then it's probably just a nightmare right but there's you know it's very different to have a demonic dream than in than a normal nightmare Mm -hmm. can you shed any light on maybe that i would say when you have these nightmares um for me because i've had them off and on throughout my christian life night tears are completely different those mm-hmm. things start in the early like the one when you go to bed at the first couple of hours you go to bed those night tears they can be vicious but those are just they, they wake you up um, a lot going on with those um, but those nightmares that can happen later on through the night as it gets you know you're getting deeper into that sleep you sit there and you have those and it's almost like you can't get out of it sometimes and then when you finally wake up, you go through this like, man, what was that about? You'll find uh, facial uh, recognitions of, of demonic, and you know it was demonic. Um, you'll find uh, uh, sinful things in there, trying to get you to commit sinful things, watching sinful acts. Lust is in there. A lot of violence can be in those. A lot of uh, cursing, a lot of that. Um, and trying to get you to be a part of that. You're witnessing, watching all these kind of things happen. And um, sometimes death is involved with it. 
But uh, when I've had those, sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'll pray about it when I wake up. Sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning. And sometimes I'll know instantly, hmm. And I don't go crazy over it. I'm like, okay. And then I just kind because I don't want to bite. I don't want to bite if I don't have to bite. I don't mm-hmm. want, I'm not trying to pick fights just to pick fights. But if I have it again in the next two nights, there's been times when I had a dream like four or five nights in a row. It'll pick up where it left off. That's not really, I don't think that's really normal if it's mm-hmm. all demonic with all those things I was talking about. Um, when you get that, you, you know that something is going on. And I take that to the Lord. I pray through it. And I found out through... Uh, experience a few years ago that praying wasn't getting me out of the spiritual bondage uh, spiritual warfare it wasn't getting me out it ended up being pray praying but I had to add praise to it and the night that I added praise to it that's when it broke mm-hmm. about 45 minutes an hour of praise it finally broke it may have even been an hour but when it broke I knew instantly that it broke and that was four nights of not sleeping, mm-hmm. waking up at midnight, three o'clock, and four thirty in the morning, five o'clock, falling asleep only by exhaustion. And on the last night, I was praying, praising, and when I praised, I just knew the Lord just took it away, and it just seemed like my house just calmed down. Everything in me just came to a still. All my convulsion pieces—it was kind of weird, but yeah, all my tremors stopped. I was done. And I slept for the first time about four or five days, wow. straight through. And I woke up and the sun was shining through the window and it was just, the Lord just, I had a peace in myself and in my house. But the Lord never left me through any of that. Mm-hmm. But he allows you to go through that. And it's a strengthening time too, but a testing time. It's all spiritual warfare. I mean, times is a, when it's upon ourselves and our own families and stuff is, be a testing time as well and we don't see it at that moment we just want to get rid of it because we mm-hmm. don't like it we don't like it at all because sometimes it comes with some damage and sometimes there's a cost for spiritual warfare that can be a cost mm-hmm. most definitely oh yeah yeah and i think i mean i like what you said i kind of i do glean off of that that word so often even even in my own preaching and, and things like that is is praise and how powerful you know it really is the word of god says that the pra- praise moves the hand of god mm-hmm. um, and i think that is key to to any prayer that you have even if it's not demonic in itself but i, I do believe that it's much more powerful than than we realize um, especially in spiritual warfare um, you know you know with these attacks and and there's i think the devil uses just about anything he can to mm-hmm. To throw you off, throw you off that straight and narrow path, um, whatever that might be, whatever it's you know lust or or fear or, or whatever, um, you know there's a whole list of things that can throw you into into confusion and and not know where to go and and all those things. But I think like we were saying earlier, there there are a lot of a lot of believers and pastors are going through spiritual warfare, and they're not for sure what they have to do to get out. And you talked about mm-hmm. praying and, mm-hmm. and, and, and praising, but, but let's say that that you have oppression overnight and night and night, over mm-hmm. and over again, um, and you you as a believer, not talking about pastor, I'm just talking about the average believer, 
what do what are you supposed to do if you can't get rid of it? I, I think we have to find those friends. You know, Job had some friends that came over, but they weren't so uh, <laughs> they weren't so encouraging. No, they weren't. The I had some friends that came over and uh, individually, mm-hmm. and one was a doctor. Checked me out and said, Jimmy, there's really nothing wrong with you physically except you're laid up and you've got these screws in your hip and, you know, from this accident. Other than that, you should be fine. You're like two weeks from getting up, walking around. You're you're fine. And he believed it wasn't uh, anything physical because I was still having those shit. I just, mm-hmm. during those night, those four or five nights, I was having those tremors and I just couldn't, couldn't control them. And he said that that wasn't, part of what, what I was going through. Um, also had another friend to come in kind of doing what I do here as executive board of kind of these executive with the ministries. He came over to the house. Just words of encouragement. I think you have to not be afraid to get on the phone and call somebody that you trust. You got to call somebody that you trust. And you got to put yourself out there a little bit. You have to put yourself out there and say, okay, I got to just open up and share what's going on with me. You can't keep this stuff like men. We like to keep everything hidden. We don't because we feel like we're weak if that happens. No, we're stronger if we say it because we we're weak when we don't. Mm-hmm. But also know that you can have all this advice, and some people you know may have to have somebody pray over you. Even as a pastor, every every trail is different. Um, but it all leads to Christ. That's how you. I mean, Christ is the one that's going to get you through. But I also believe that you can have all the encouragement, all the advice, all these people praying for you, or just a couple people praying for you, and that's good. But the door's got to shut, and you've got to go through this, because this is you. Mm-hmm. This is you, your family, or you, and your ministry. You're the one that's going to have to go through this, just like the, the widow that lost her, hus- her husband. Mm-hmm. And, and the prophet says, you can go behind this door, Take all these, take this vessel and fill up these jars and mm-hmm. and shut the door with the boys. They had to they had to go in that room by themselves. And the prophet helped them with everything, but it was their faith. It was the faith, and so I think we have to go through that spiritual warfare. There's a moment where we're going to have to go through it ourselves, but we need to remember that we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus Christ and God, mm-hmm. and we are victory, victorious. And victory is for us, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like that when we're going through it. So I think if if, if a pastor or a Christian is going through it, they need Christian you need to go to your pastor to find out. If that pastor sometimes they don't want to believe it, they don't want to either find somebody, somebody that knows something. And the problem is a lot of guys don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys don't want to talk about it. So um, yeah, we find ourselves uh, our backs against the wall when we don't have anybody to help us. So we have to keep digging. We have to make those phone calls. We have to keep praying. Ask God to put somebody in our life that does know. So if not, those texts, I'm telling you, they keep coming. Mm. So like I, we were, I was mentioning earlier, just in the beginning, you know, this is titled Spiritual Warfare, even deeper than, than where mm-hmm. we went before. And I, where I want to go, and if you don't want to go there, that's okay, All right. um, is when... When you as a pastor and you have someone come in that says they're possessed and you with the spirit of discernment is discerning that that person has an evil spirit, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Usually I take a minute and I don't work with them right on the spot. There's only a couple of times I do that um, because there's times that I feel like I got got some time to work with them. 
because I'll take a moment. If, if it's in the moment, I've had one in the moment that was a pretty big one. And I just took a little bit of a walk in the church. I had to walk down the hallway and just pray real quickly. Lord, you have to give me strength, give me understanding, give me discernment of really what's going on here. And, and then I picked somebody out because that person's in my office. Um, I'll get an associate pastor. Uh, this wouldn't happen probably about 15 years ago. Um, get, grab a, I didn't have an associate pastor, so I grabbed a deacon at that one. Uh, and I grabbed my wife. And I asked my wife to go uh, give her a hymn book or uh, have her sit in the back part of the room and uh, just kind of lightly just sing through the hymns. You know, there's power in the blood and power in just where I can just, we could hear it in the room, but it's not over, you know, it's not louder than what we're talking. So there's praise going on. I tell her, you need to praise the Lord. Don't concentrate what's going on in the room. Concentrate on singing, praise, praying. Praise the Lord through this, through these uh, hymns. We need to praise the Lord. And uh, I tell the uh, those who are with me, the deacon, and uh, I tell them, I think it was a couple of deacons in there, and just to pray. I want you to pray. Now, one thing is, is I tell these guys now not to, don't be praying with your eyes closed. You don't want to get hit in the face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but they were praying with their eyes closed, so they didn't see the things that I saw, but they did hear the things that they heard as well. So I think... When, when, when I got that team kind of together, because I'm not going to deal with that stuff on my own. I need that team. I need that team of knowing that they believe. If they don't believe, they're not going to be in that room with me. Mm -hmm. They need to believe. And their faith is going to be somewhat tested, but they're going to do their role. And then I'm going to sit with that person. Well, I'm going to stand I'm going to sit with that person, get that person comfortable, sit them in a chair, and I'm going to ask them to, uh, to explain to me, answer questions like, who is Jesus to you? Have you even had it where an individual couldn't even say Jesus at that time? Um, had another person when they began to talk about Jesus begin to laugh about the whole thing. And in both incidents, these women's eyes both turned a cold black. And you can see the whole demeanor change in both of them. Well, a lot of people would just get up and go, well, I'm out of Dodge now. I'm out of here. I'm gone, mm -hmm. you know. But there's something about the Holy Spirit he keeps you calm during that. You're you're seeing this in the flesh, but you're actually this is some of the most calmest moments I've ever been. And just I speak slower because um, I'm anticipating and listening to what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. And I'll ask him, and then I'll ask him to repeat after me. And I'll ask him to say, "In the name of Jesus." Now, sometimes they don't want to do that. Sometimes they will. If they do. You keep working it. You keep working it. And if they don't, and they just want to get out and leave, you can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. But if they want, you're working through that. And there's been battles sometimes with, with, the, with the person's voice would come in and the demonic voice would come out, and, and they would back and forth, and and then that demonic voice completely takes over. Then you know you're you know you you're kind of kind of binding that strong man. You know, I'm talking mm -hmm. about you binding that strong man, but it's all through the power of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus is, is, is it. it. It is Christ. It's, it's the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's the Father. It's that powerful team. So we are just vessels. That's, that's what I feel like. And there's so much light in the room. And there's this darkness inside this person. And so you pray over them. And then you know when there's a release. Sometimes it's a voice. Sometimes it's something different. Mm -hmm. um, and when that happens, um, some, a lot of times a person doesn't... Person never, once I've talked... 
they never remember really what happened in that the last few minutes or the last hour, whatever it's been, however long it's been. They don't remember a lot of that. They remember coming in the room, um, and then basically, then we pray uh, a blessing over them when they're done, and protection that God's going to protect them. And we go through a different phase here. We start talking about how do you feel, you know. Um, many times they've said. I just feel like something came out of me. I feel, I feel whole. I don't feel this d depression. I don't feel this heaviness. I feel weird. I feel light, hmm. and and there's a smile. And so we do. That's that's kind of how you do that. But every little story, every person has been different. But those things I mentioned are probably part of all of them. Mm -hmm. The prayers are never the same because mm -hmm. everybody's unique and different in whatever role, whatever they're doing. And demonic will sometimes speak out, and sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll shake a person, um, and sometimes they'll laugh at you and get up and walk out of the room. We don't hold anybody down. Mm -hmm. We don't hold anybody down um, because the power of Jesus can hold anybody down, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, and and I think it's got to be safe for everybody in the room. So um, that's why I tell my people now: don't close your eyes. I got to tell you, don't close your eyes when we're praying. So that, that was a big one. So yeah. I don't want to get this under the you know wrong impression. How many how many times do you think you've had to do something like that in your life as a pastor? I would say less than ten. Yeah. Okay. Less than ten. You know, this isn't like a uh, not a weekly thing like a sign up. No, you know. No. 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 Because no. I think that. Sometimes, and not all the time, and hopefully this isn't controversial, but um, I believe sometimes God brings the lost who are struggling with oppression or mm -hmm. possession right. to us so that they can be healed or they can, they can you know, have the church come together and pray for them, you know, and that, that itself produces salvation, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I'm sure there's been many people um, there's a couple uh, books that I've read on spiritual warfare, maybe on the lighter side of it, just talking about this, you know, people struggling with oppression and, and depression's coming and they don't know how to get out of it. They, they've been mm -hmm. having demonic dreams. They don't know how to get out of it. Um, they can't, like you mentioned there, they can't even say the name Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, it's like something's holding them back from even getting yeah. there. They, they know they need it, mm -hmm. but they just can't get right. there. Like something's holding them back. Um, and then they go, you know, certain steps like you're talking about um, there, and they feel a weight lifted, and they come to salvation. And those are great pieces. And I think, you know, as you know, believers who struggle with this idea, because maybe even some people that mm -hmm. listen to this this episode, were like, oh, you know, there's no way that that's possible. There's no way that you know their eyes turn black. You know, no. some of these things, um, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but we see those things in the Word of God all the time right like everything that you've mentioned here i could probably find you a passage in the new testament that would either be very similar to that that you would be like okay that's obviously possible mm -hmm. um just like the convulsions you're talking about there's many passages where where people shake when yeah. when this when an evil spirit comes out of them i mean i think it's it's not good to think that something that that the bible teaches about no longer applies to us anymore right because i think we we miss something then um that's just my personal mm -hmm. opinion about it 
But, you know, these are some of the things we're talking about. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a, a controversial question out just just as we end here. Um, do you think, and I've had a lot of people ask me this question. All right. <laughs> do you think that Christians can be oppressed or possessed? Okay. Um, definitely, I believe Christians can be oppressed. I believe they can be attacked. I think they can go through all of those. All of that can happen. Mm. I really do. Do you think evil spirits can be within a church? Because people say that church is holy, mm-hmm. so therefore evil spirits can't be there. That's the, some of the things yeah. I've heard. And well, well, I'll take one step. You know, uh, if you look in the Book of Mark, if I remember correctly, um, the first demonic uh, mm-hmm. uh, beast that uh, Jesus came across was a man who was in the church. Yeah, he's in the synagogue. Yep, yep. Yeah. So. Um, what do you have to do with us, Jesus? And then what? And so he's got this man in there. So, um, yeah, I've seen it in the church. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, yeah, it's definitely in, in the, and in, in somebody brings it in. But also know that sometimes in the buildings it's there, you know, or people don't believe it or not. You know, this building here was in that way. It was in bad shape spiritually, in spiritual bad shape. And I know some of the people that have left here in the past, there's some demonic things there as well. So I do believe in the, that, that oppression, you know, can happen with Christians for sure. Possession, no, I don't believe that um, because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But I always challenge people this, yeah, you need to make sure that you're saved. You need mm-hmm. to make sure that you have salvation. Um, this, you know, just so many people at a certain age are thinking that just the baptism is going to save me, all those kind of things. Listen, it is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has to be real. It has to be genuine. And I believe a person knows that. Mm-hmm. They should know that. Um, so I, I, I think there's some people running around. Um, I think there are people running around thinking that they are saved. I think a lot of people think they're saved, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. I'm judging them. It's just because they chose a different way to be and have salvation. Mm-hmm. And so demonic works through, and people say, well, Christians can be um, possessed. No, I don't believe that a true Christian can be possessed. I don't, because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Even when we're not great, God still gives us mercy. We're still children of God. We just might be disobedient children. Mm -hmm. No longer, it's like we see Christ and become a child of God, no longer a child of the dark side, and no longer part of that family. So what do you think, you know, because like you said, it's been like 10 times or so, you know, that you've had to deal with something extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, we always pray. I think there's many people who are oppressed that we we pray for, um, and and they end up getting through it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they that's their test of faith. They make it through. We pray for encouragement, strength, courage, all those things for them, and, and they make it through, and, and mm-hmm. that's awesome. But what is the church's role when it comes to spiritual warfare? I think the church's role when it comes to spiritual warfare is, one, I think the pastor needs to know who has that spiritual gift of discernment throughout the church. Who are those people? Is there three of them? Is there 20 of them? He needs to know who they are. Um, A lot of people will say they have it because they want it. Um, I think that uh, uh, the pastor will know who has it, and I think the pastor needs to share some things and ask them some kind of open-end questions when something comes up like we talked about earlier but for the church if the church doesn't I'll say if the church doesn't believe it there's going to be some that's going to believe it Mm -hmm. it's hard to get everybody to be on the same wavelength 
I mean, we all understand here that Jesus is the way. And then a little bit after that and a few other things, we kind of start drifting off in our own little trails at times. And even with strong discipleship, there's still people going to be and think a little bit different. So it doesn't mean that everybody here at New Life believes in spiritual warfare or demons. Everybody wants to believe in angels, but they don't want to believe in the demonic. So I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You talk about angels, you flip, the, flip it around. I said, what do you think about angels? Oh, yeah, there's angels. Yeah, okay. Well, how do you know that? Because uh, we will experience more on that spiritual warfare side than we will, you know, the... the signs that angels were there mm-hmm. now one thing I know that sometimes when we talk about spiritual warfare Phil we talk about that you know Satan comes in with all these attacks and everything and he does but sometimes he slides in the Bible says he comes in and masquerades as an angel of light mm-hmm. so in the very beginning I was as green as the grass as a pastor I mean green as the grass you couldn't <laughs> get any greener it was my first year and the church was growing and in that first year, I think we went up around that 50 mark. And it was pretty hard for me and my wife, Carla, to figure out how to be a pastor and a pastor's wife. I mean, it was growing pretty quick. And um, when we found out, that there, I found out there was a guy there and his wife was there. And they just kept bickering little things. They kept snickering little things about me and Carla behind her back and, and saying, I didn't say this right or I messed up on this or Carla messed up but Carla's not being open about this or being kind about this and being this perfect couple and um, but then to our face they were being really kind and nice and then go back out and and I was like Lord I just feel in my heart Lord there's something wrong with this couple everybody's like oh yeah we want this couple this is going to be a great couple for the church and I was like in my spirit I was like something is off in a not a good way Mm mm-hmm and is off every Sunday. And I said, Lord, they're really causing me some problems. And all of a sudden I noticed the church started bickering about a few things. And I said, I think it's coming from them. Mm -hmm. Lord, if they are not right and there is demonic influence in that, will you please take them away? I don't know what I'm doing here. This is heavy enough. Within a week they were gone. Mm And then I heard about a couple months later from another pastor, they were messing up over in this other church that they were at. Not that I wanted to pass the buck, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, at that moment, I honestly feel I wasn't strong enough to handle that, mm-hmm. to go up and say something, go up and you know stand toe-to-toe, however I needed to do that. I just prayed, Lord, take just remove that. If it is, and God gave mercy and grace and said, all right, you ask, I'm going to take it right out of your way. Does God do that every time? No. Mm-hmm. But when you're young and and don't quite know, God has some little bit of mercy on you there and kind of removes some of that spiritual warfare stuff before you even have to go through all of it. Because we had to go through other things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think you just got to remember that sometimes it's a, Satan comes as a, as a masquerade, as an angel of light. Yeah, because the church gets really excited with new people, especially the smaller you are, the more anybody comes. They get loving on those visitors, and they should. But as a pastor, you're always you're always accepting them. You're always talking good. You're trying to welcome them. But there's a part of you that's sizing them up spiritually. Mm. Always. That sounds bad, but it's not. Because you are the protector of, 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 of 
of the house, the flock. And a lot of people don't like to use that, but flock, the sheep. And the Bible says that Satan comes in, you know, the, the, the wolves come in sheep's clothing to start spiritual warfare, to start problems in the church. And you have to be very, very careful. So you have to watch that. So spiritual warfare comes in and you got to watch it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are some final thoughts that you might have just on the deeper part of spiritual warfare? I think, uh, honestly, feel it's like I've had some different types of battles through spiritual warfare about myself as a pastor, through my family, um, back to the church, mm -hmm. back to my house, back to my own personal life. This is where I know I've been through a lot of battles. I got some invisible scars that people can't see. I got some scars in my back and my chest, across my heart, even in my mind. So I got all these scars, but I know this, I'm not home yet. Mm -hmm. So I know through spiritual warfare, if you are wanting to be a man of God, a woman of God, and you're following and trying to do what you need to do, what God's called you to do, the attacks are not done. You're not, you might have a good day of feasting today and a day of relaxation, or you might have a week of just being in the green pastures, just kind of chilling, doing some things. But over the next horizon, the enemy is there waiting with its weapons, waiting for you to get over the next hill. And they're going to be locked and loaded. And we can say, ah, oh, Lord, I've enjoyed these last few weeks, these last few months, or even these last year and a half of just good green pasture and blessing. Thank you. I see what's coming. Because mm -hmm. I'm not home yet. Mm -hmm. I'm still a target. As you said earlier, I still got an X on my back. I said this in one of my first preachings. It just kind of came out that when I was talking about spiritual warfare, preaching on it, I just said, Satan has got, it's like almost like um, every Christian has a, has a wanted poster. What's the value? What is your value on a wanted poster? So in the dark world, there's a wanted poster for every Christian because they have the ability to share the light, the gospel. So you know how it is back in the Western days, if you went to and you robbed a bank, you might be worth $300, but if you robbed a train, those guys would say, yo, now you're worth $1,200, dead or alive, you know, and then you'd be like $5,000 because mm -hmm. you've robbed a lot of banks. You know, I think it's the flip side of it is you keep sharing the gospel. You keep winning people to Jesus. That poster sign, that reward keeps going up and up and up. So there's a big target mm. on your back. I think pastors and pastor's wives and pastor's children have big targets on their back. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I do. I really do. Worship yeah. leaders have targets on their back. I think any time that Satan can get in and destroy the leadership of the church, he mm -hmm. checks a box. Yep. You know, he's he's got his win for the day. Um, mm -hmm. When he can slip one into sin or cause division or yep. all these different things that he does, and I think I think that's what I would uh, you know say here um, is that. They come in small things as well. We talked about some of the big things here, and we, that's what we meant to do. Mm -hmm. But you know, little little tiny whispers, right. little tiny gossips, jealousies, these types of things can mm -hmm. explode a church, yeah. demolish a church. And I think I think almost anybody could say that they've seen those types of things happen. Mm -hmm. And you know, sin is a huge part of that. But that's what Satan uses is right. sin to 
division, and all those things. And to, one of the biggest ones, it. Phil, really is this: is when Satan whispers in your ear, "Man, you're good." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're good. You're the best at what you're doing. <laughs> and I think there's a way that you start. Oh, maybe what? Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe I got this. Maybe I'm batting 400. You know? Oh yeah. And that chip gets on that shoulder, and that's one thing the Lord does not like. Because when we do that, what do we just do? We glorify. Satan wants to, us to glorify ourselves, mm-hmm. and we didn't realize it. We just lost. We just lost the battle. Mm-hmm. Now we got to work through it because when those roots of pride get in, those roots are some of the hardest roots. That and unforgiveness are the hardest roots to pull out. Mm-hmm. And spiritual warfare is what got it in there. So spiritual warfare is a battle. Mm-hmm. And what I would say here, just to end uh, our episode, is that if you struggle with the idea of of spiritual warfare or demonic uh, oppression or possession or some of the things that we've mentioned here mm-hmm. in the podcast that are, are even deeper, I would just encourage you to continue to study your word, continue to mm-hmm. to just ask God to give you the spirit of discernment, maybe mm-hmm. to to experience some things that maybe you've never experienced not that you look for those things or want those things to happen but it does it does open your eyes to to the things that are around you and things that can hold you back so i do think that is a huge piece but our weekly verse this week is second thessalonians 3 3 through 5 which says but the lord is faithful but he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one we have the confidence in the lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command may the lord direct your hearts into god's love and christ's presence and that's uh that'll end our episode uh, for this week thanks jimmy for for being on and you're welcome and talking about uh, spiritual warfare and i'm sure this won't be the last time Uh, that we talk about these things so if you have a comment or a request for an episode you can email us at kingdomfaith2001 and again this is a podcast brought to you by new life ministries if you'd like to give you can give at newlifeministries-indiana.com and as always thank you for listening to kingdom faith